Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, fantastic. How are you doing? Fantastic as well. It's been a great week. Yeah. I mean, I wish I wish we had a better performance in the Fed segment, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, I'm a day trader. I'm not a swing trader. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe I should stop asking you to make the picks every week. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to pick. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, come on in the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against that hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut those losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description, but the best place to be is come on over to our Discord server. We're on there every day with a lot of amazing, awesome people. It's a really mm-hmm. superb place to be, uh, totally free, no paid tiers or special act- access areas because fuck that shite. And when you do join that server, Kyle, what should they do? You know, I love how this always feels so awkward. Even though you've been asking me this question for like, what, three years almost now? <laughs> you still don't have a good answer. I still don't have a good answer. Like, I'm huh, never huh, sure if you're going to huh, ask me that. Huh, huh, huh. <laughs> feet pics. Shit. No, no. No, not feet pics. Ah. Yeah, send me a picture of your feet and we will get you a smash it yourself <laughs> piece of merchandise from the shop as a way of saying thank you. Wow. wow. Please don't. And please don't say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> feet pics not included. Don't, don't include those. No. Not necessary. <laughs> oh, we're, we're just glad everybody's here. It's a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Just a wonderful time. And speaking of wonderful times, Kyle, uh, what do we got coming up uh, for the future of the show? Oh, uh, Drew Spaventa. That interview will be out on Monday. Great conversation about uh, the difference of when somebody says, I think your house is on fire and what they should actually say when your house is a blazing inferno. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> just roasting marshmallows on your back porch. Hey, I think your house might be on fire. And you show up and like the whole block is uh, roped <laughs> off with three different fire trucks there. Smoke pouring out everywhere. Yeah. You think? You think? Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't want to be committal on this, but no. Uh, and then after that, we've got uh, Blaine McCauley from the Penny Lane podcast uh, the, the week after that. And I have no idea what's after that. Ooh, mystery. Yeah. I'll have to look at the schedule and probably <laughs> update the Discord because I don't think I've posted that in a while. Oh, all right. All right. Well, until then, we have got a querulous, questionable, queenly show for you today. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of that's, that's my, my backdoor misogyny. Oh, querulous yeah. and questionable is queenly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, take that, 50% of the human population. Ha! Got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than people panic withdrawing from First Republican bank accounts. Oh, why are you gonna pour salt in the wound? <laughs> Did you have an account at First Republic Bank? No, but that was one of the options Jeremy gave us last week. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. should have shorted that one, huh? Yeah, we should have. I think somebody <laughs> said no, it's gone too far, and we don't want to do that. <laughs> was that? Wait, was, was I wouldn't say such a thing. That, that's ridiculous. No, I did. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oops my oops. bad <laughs> oh oh that's awesome awesome uh and 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 please 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 reach out to us we do love and adore your messages and comments on twitter and facebook and over on our discord got that link in the episode description for you if you are old school you can send us an email to two bulls at financial that's the number two bulls t two b u l l s at financial maybe you've got a hot stock tip Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made or a bad trade. Maybe ooh, ooh, you ooh. have got. Can I, well, can I take this one? Well, well, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you've been pushing your boyfriend to take charge of his life and show some fucking ambition. But after a mishap at the local hypnotist, he goes the opposite way and you're forced to exact your revenge by sleeping with his neighbor. shit i feel like i should know this you should know this oh my goodness goes to the hypnotist office space yeah nailed it <laughs> oh yeah oh whoo do i win some swag what, yeah what do, I win? what do i win uh beat picks <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah can i can i take them back is yeah. It, is it, yes, you can. To, can, I change, can I change my answer? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh Lord, Lord, Lord. Well, we uh, we hinted at it just a second ago. I think it's time to talk about those bet results. Yeah, we we did make a good pick, um, which is easy when you got someone feeding you two great picks to choose from. Yeah. Thank you again, Jeremy, for that. Uh, Rocket Labs. We decided to short that. We wanted to go in half at the open on Monday and half at four dollars and fifteen cents. Uh, mm -hmm. Never quite got that high. It ticked up to, I think, like 409. Uh, then it did hit our take profit, which if you look at what the actual low of the week was, it was 374. So mm -hmm. Feeling pretty good about this trade. The The downside is um, that it only made us $20. We so didn't... we went. <laughs> we <laughs> didn't wasn't enough. for the fence with one entry. Yeah. And I even uh, massaged the, I took some leeways with the, the, <laughs> taking the take profit 
and it's oh, still right, right, even right. close. Yeah, right, right. Instead of one quarter of the position. Yeah, even taking all of it off at the take profit, we still finished with four hundred and twenty-two dollars and eighteen cents. Yeah, down twenty percent for the month. It's not our worst month. We've done way worse. Okay, good. That sounds still sounds like a pretty bad month. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, INGR was random stock. It opened at 104.66 on Monday, closed the week at 106.17. So our second chance opportunity was random stock collapsing. It did not happen. Random again picked another winner. Uh, finished with 460. Oh, I I I seem to recall random going long First Republic Bank. Um, well, with the power of editing, we could make that happen. <laughs> Hmm. That's tempting. No. And we just just ga- gaslight the listeners. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. No. no we, we always had that pick. What go listen to the about? audio. Go listen yeah, to the audio. Go back we don't and edit anything. Listen again. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, random wins another month. So, I think uh, this weekend, I have to spend some time with Chat GPT, you and I, trying to figure out what our consequences will be for this month. I uh, I actually found more items for the scavenger hunt than I thought I would. Oh, did you? Yeah. Are we talking about that? No, yeah. I'm talking about the next one, but we can talk about that. Oh, oh, for the next one. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I I haven't seen anybody uh, voting yet, but I definitely no. uh, I posted. I saw your picture and I posted mine. Uh, yeah, I I. I was looking all month, like every whenever I was outdoors, when I was around, I'd be like looking around. Uh, we went for a hike through Lake of Fire, and I was like, I'll find a dandelion seed out here. No, nothing. And <laughs> then uh, I took, like I, I had maybe two, I'd found two things. I found the dandelion seeds and uh, the, the candy wrapper. And then I went for a walk yesterday, and I found a smooth pebble. And I found charcoal. Nice. And I found the bottle cap. Was it rusty? Because I'm looking at Joel's picture, and his bottle cap does not look rusty. Mine is rusty. Yes, I. I thought I, I saw rust on yours. I found several bottle caps. So <laughs> I just took <laughs> I took a walk down the railroad tracks to where people hang out. Oh, drink, probably smart. teenage See, kids. I did the same thing at Walmart. I tried walking around to where I thought the alcoholic employees would sneak off for lunch breaks. Yeah. And I, it just eluded me. Or they're only drinking cans. Well, <laughs> or they're only <laughs> drinking cans. Yeah. Uh, the uh, It made me kind of sad because the first all the bottles I was finding were liquor, not beer. And I was like, holy shit. Like, they're mm. not sitting back here drinking beers like <laughs> having fun no these people are getting schlot- yeah, <laughs> hammered on vodka yeah god damn damn okay yeah yeah i'm looking joel i love your presentation but that bottle cap looks like uh you just popped it open yeah yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah, maybe the back side of it has a little rest we'll have to i we'll have to look a little closer i'm nice. jealous I, I think joel wins did you see mine Yours, uh, mine's in is, the consequences channel. I posted it's pretty good. One. No, I'm looking at all three. We all put them in the same channel. No, we didn't. Mine's in the consequences. My finished one. Oh, you're finished. Oh, oh, you painted it. Holy shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, I definitely lose the sculpture. I, uh, you have till the end of day today if you need to, uh, 
to make some tweaks. Okay. Well, I might have to. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about some news. All right. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just trading Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading story from today i think has to be the consumer sentiment numbers that came out mm, yeah yeah were those were those those were good numbers right uh i i thought so i mean <laughs> is it good that the consumers are confident oh well it's it's it, in a vacuum it's good mm, okay <laughs> i mean meaning that it's good that people think that things are good it's doesn't necessarily mean that things are good. Uh, or I, I was I was thinking along the lines of because everyone thinks it's good, they're going to raise rates even harder. Oh, oh, you. Th- <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah, everybody's in a good mood. Yeah, just uh, 75 bips. Yeah, get, get 75 bips on there. Well, I mean, the expectation, I think, is still 25 bips coming next week. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, FOMC on Wednesday. We are in the blackout period, so it was nice to trade in without you know Fed speak every uh, every couple hours. It seems like sometimes uh, we did get GDP numbers and uh, PCE. PCE I think was mostly in line. Um, says it slowed to four point two percent last month from five point one percent in February, but it was within expectations. The uh, University of Michigan's survey of consumers, the consumer confidence increased from six to sixty three and a half from sixty two in March, making a sequential increase of two point four percent. What okay. do they say about it? Director Joanne Sue said that despite the increasingly negative news on business conditions heard by consumers, their short and long run economic outlook improved modestly from last month. Hey, modest improvement. What does that mean, though? Why do we care about that? I guess. Is that the idea that like one person might be wrong, but everybody can't be? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I see a flaw in that logic. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're saying that all of those greedy investors in 1929 were all wrong, Kyle, <laughs> all of them. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> depends on your time frame, right? <laughs> it's true it's true yeah. yeah so numbers i think the numbers that we saw this this uh past week are giving more strength to uh, uh the, uh, the fed members to be able to raise another 25 bips as has been expected for the, pretty much since uh the last hike came uh last month mm. okay the interesting thing i think is going to be next week when they actually get to see their statement and hear the press conference and find out what they're thinking for the next cycle because I think 
they're still largely looking at a good possibility of a pause after this next hike. That's uh, that's how they get you. Is they right. see they see that info like, oh no no, we'll pause after this next hike. We'll pause after the after next this, one. After the next, after one. the next one. The hikes will continue until lending improves. All right, that's that's just the bottom line. <laughs> exactly exactly it's the uh-huh. old method they used to use for motivation in the military it's called we call it the carrot stick method <laughs> you show people a carrot and then when they go to reach for it you whack them with the stick whack them with the stick <laughs> <laughs> no no carrot for you i uh, see i i i was thinking the fed uh, was like my dad when i was a kid on a car trip and we'd say are we there yet and he would always say we're about halfway <laughs> we're about halfway no, my dad said uh, Disneyland left. <laughs> Pointed to the Shit. sign, said, "Nope, it's gone. Sorry." And we turned around and went home. <laughs> Sorry, it's a seven-hour joke. He he saved so much money that way. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I spent it all in therapy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That never happened. Just kidding, right. Dad. What are you looking at? Uh, what, what what's catching your eye this week? Uh, the uh, the head economist at the Bank of England, sorry, the chief economist bank at the Bank of England, a guy named Hugh Pill. Oh, okay. Uh, Hugh uh, Pill, like huge pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sparked some backlash because he came out and uh, said that what we're seeing is a game of pass the parcel, where of workers asking for higher wages. And that's what's fueling inflation. Oh, oh, it's, and it's, it's the people, workers' fault. Yes, and the workers just need to accept that they're worse off and poor. <laughs> Otherwise, prices are going to keep going up because they keep asking for more money to pay for things. Oh, man, it sounds like yeah. a never-ending cycle. <laughs> no, wow. You know, why? Wow. How, how dare those people? They just need to accept their poor, move on, and then things will stop costing more. I mean, for a country that has so many years worth of monarchy and feudalism in place. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, do you have a history of accepting your lot in life? Yeah, just accept it. Yeah, Step up a lip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there any blowback on this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Federation of Small Businesses has come out against it. Tina McKenzie, the policy chair of the Federation of Small Businesses, said his, these are comments are out of touch, mm-hmm. uh, pointing out that uh, you know we've seen huge increases in energy and input costs to customers, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of small business are hanging on day by day, and it has nothing to do with wages. Right, right. Um, and of course, the unions are like, "This is outrageous." To quote, absolutely outrageous, to be honest, asking some of our lowest paid workers in this country not to take a pay increase when inflation is so high. People can't afford to live. They're not able to pay their rent or put food on the table. Yeah. Just, just that's, accept that's, it. Right. Like, well, Look, maybe why don't you, you know, lower the cost of a mortgage? Have you have you considered renting out your bathtub? I have. Yeah. Make some nobody extra cash. Wants it. No, yeah. Nobody wants to live. Nobody wants <laughs> no. to live in your bathroom. Not really. Not my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after I get through this batch of jerky. <laughs> oh, wow. 
all grown up now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, man, that's yeah. fucked up. But you know, I mean, at least uh, at least it wasn't HSBC this time. At least it was a that's different true. bank making the that's news true. for being out of touch and shitty. Also, also, it quotes in the article that Mr. Pill uh, is a chief, the chief economist. And he's paid 190 uh, British pounds a year, 190,000 British pounds a year, which is wow. so he's not poor, but no. he, he's definitely not super rich. I mean, so, you know, that's doing pretty damn good. That's the top economist in the country. That's true. So you're saying he's living, he's pre- practicing what he preaches? That's what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm. He's <laughs> doing fine. I'm just saying, like, if you go into economics, don't expect to get that golden parachute. No, <laughs> being a CEO will give you. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else did I see this week? Oh, um, saw an interesting headline that came out after the GDP numbers. It was basically pointing to U.S. federal and state government spending is the cause of the GDP being propped up. Oh, that's not good. Uh, I don't know that it's not. I don't, I don't know that I call it not good. I think it's just interesting. Um, mm. The CHIPS Act is one of the first, the things that they point to. Um, the 22 U.S. law that provided $280 billion in new funding for domestic research and manufacturing of semiconductors. Uh, what you can see from that is a company like Cleveland Cliffs, a major steel manufacturer in the U.S., announced on the 26th that because of the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, they'll be making new investments in steel production on the assumption that companies will be building more thanks to the federal dollars. Oh, so okay. this is proving what John Maynard Keyes theorized, uh, British 20th century economist, that the government investment is investment and that it can lift a country's economy in the same way business confidence can. Yeah, yeah. It says this idea stands in contrast to what economists call the Ricardian equivalence of the idea that however much the government invests, private actors will save because they're waiting for their taxes to go up as a result of the government spending removing the potential for a consumption boost. Mm. So according to Mr. Williams here, he says he thinks people are starting to reevaluate this orthodoxy in light of the tremendous success of demand side fiscal policy and preventing deeper recession from the accompanying pandemic. Yeah. Another uh, one that they point to is the green vortex or policy, technology, business, and politics are working together to lower carbon emissions. Green vortex. Yeah, so of the two three hundred seventy billion in spending the Inflation Reduction Act steered into fighting climate change, two hundred seventy will come in the form of tax incentives, which will encourage private investment, wind, solar, and other sources of renewable energy. Okay. So when the government makes those tax credits available, then companies spend on their infrastructure, I think is what the idea they're pointing out to here. And that's what's lifting the GDP currently. Okay. All right. So it's not not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. It's just because we're in a different state. Look at look at how much FDR spent on infrastructure right. in the 30s, right? Yeah. Although I always wondered if it was that uh, infrastructure spending that lifted us out of the Great Depression or if it was World War II in a wartime economy. Well, I think one played into the next. Right. We'll never know unless we go back and end the war before it started. Right. And then we have to go back again and end the depression and let the war war happen and compare all of them, you know, for science. (laughs) Because we don't we won't know what the best outcome is until we test them all. Right. 
right, right. <laughs> oh, man, I would have so much fun with the time machine. All right, so so killing baby Hitler doesn't change anything, but killing a thirteen-year-old Hitler does. Weird. <laughs> all right, let's try fourteen. Let's try fourteen. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's just maim him really bad at twelve years old. Who was the that comedian I was listening to talking about the the hypothetical? Like you wouldn't kill Hitler if you saw him on the street. Like, no, no. because I'm often wrong. Is that, is that Hitler over <laughs> like there? We could, you sure that's not an old man who kind of looks like Hitler? <laughs> or hell, a Hitler impersonator? I don't know. Yeah, they show up at rallies I, and shit. Like, I can get in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> Oh, I got I got in a really heated argument once with a with a guy about killing baby Hitler. I was like, I couldn't kill a baby. Yeah. Like like you're gonna go in a time machine and you're just you're just gonna pick what you're gonna strangle a baby? Like, come on! Like, are you are you serious? Right. Why not take him to another family and see if maybe a different environment right. would help? That's exactly what I said. I'm like, we're playing what yeah. if here? Like, why not stay there in time and provide him a decent father figure in his life? And right. teach him how, you know, tolerance and, and respect for other religions is cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like why do you got to go straight to killing the baby? Holy shit. <laughs> All right, we're getting a little... Yeah, sorry. A little off track here. Uh, no, no, no. Back to I'm stocks. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Uh, anything else before we wrap up uh, uh, news here? Um, just, you know, AI will increase inequality and raise tough questions about humanity. Economists warn. No big deal. Oh, those goddamn economists. Are they also saying that those AI shouldn't get paid a living wage, too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's talking about how rapidly AI started to change and how we're not ready for it. And it's going to displace a lot of employment. Oh, really? Uh, Which this, uh, employment are they pointing to? Um, media, like... Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe maybe not this particular article. Now that I'm glancing back through it, I read a few. Uh, the the idea there, some studies have come out and said that like it's not going to reduce overall employment, but it will reduce the relative amount of income going to low skilled labor, uh, mm-hmm. like entry level. Like, oh yeah, just post this social media stuff. Yeah. Write this quick boost. Uh, it's it's going to take over a lot of fill a lot of room. And this basically the whole gig sector that everyone exploded into during COVID is currently is relying wiped on. Out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great news. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Anyway, uh, we can move on. We don't have to. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of tough questions about humanity, maybe we should do some advertising. Yes. There you go. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, 
S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right, should we do some stocks? Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about some stocks. Seems like a good idea. Right? That's normally what we do here. Now it's talk about stocks time Looking for setups and still not advice Big moves, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice Stop time Please don't sue us Alright, you want to lead us off or you want me to kick it off what here? Do, what do you got? I've been following this Microsoft Activision merger thing for quite some time now, I think talk about it probably too much now at this point. But I wanted to kind of touch on an update to the UK's blocking of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, days after the UK decided to block the sixty-nine billion dollar buyout of Activision, there and the fears that they cited on this was so weird. It's it's they're worried about competition in cloud gaming, which nobody's really trying to be in. Uh, Google closed down Stadia already. Um, Amazon has some version of it that nobody knows about. So uh, I'm not sure why this was their the thorn that they decided to to point at uh, to say that this can't pass because of this. Hmm. But Microsoft's already gone out and signed a 10-year licensing agreement with a, a, a company called Nware that is uh, going to allow them to have their cloud gaming uh, services on their platform. Okay. Okay. So they're already taking action to try and alleviate and say, look, right. that's not the case. We're already, yeah. well, look, we're doing business with this company over here. <laughs> right. We just did the same thing that alleviated your concerns about Sony. We'll do it with cloud gaming. I think they're probably pissed that the, the UK didn't mention any of this beforehand, that this wasn't a concern because they could have signed these deals before, uh, you know, getting denied. So I'm not sure what the process is now. So I think it goes to an appeal. And the appeal is only looking at the, like how they came to their decision, whether that was legal and uh, whether they followed procedure, not necessarily like reviewing the decision they made. It's how they made the decision. Uh, so it could, it still looks like it's a bit dicey, but uh, Microsoft is definitely doing everything they can to make this thing happen. And they do have a June deadline before that they have to close this thing by. If it goes past that, then they're going to owe a very large amount of money to Activision as a termination fee. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've been trading Activision. How did that go? Uh, well, I closed out the uh, covered call that I sold the day after the news that UK blocked it came out. And the day before that news came out, I had actually trimmed my call positions on the $90 uh, June strikes. Oh, nice. So it actually worked out just about perfectly. The only thing I could have done better was close out all the calls. Right. I did try to pick up another one uh, this morning. I uh, did check. It did not go through, but I'll, I'll, we'll see if I can get a July $90 call for on the cheap as another flyer. Nice. Nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Like it just got the $10 drop and you pick up more and then right. like UK's like, okay. <laughs> This is such a weird thing. Like, this is, uh, I was speculating with this with Eric, I think. Like, what can the UK actually do? Like, if they say no 
Yeah, they're not part of the EU anymore. Does that mean the deal doesn't go through? Or does that just mean that, guess what, UK, you can't buy games from Microsoft anymore now? Right, just they lose their UK customers? Yeah, I think the UK customers would be more pissed than Activision and uh, Microsoft would be at (laughs) losing the UK market. Right, right. Yeah. At what point, this is what I was talking to Jamie Lynn about with Activision, Blizzard, and Microsoft. Like, at what point in our future mm-hmm. does a company, how big does a company have to get before they can say, eh, we don't care? Mm-hmm. Like, we've got enough customers <laughs> in India and America and South America and Canada and Europe and Russia and South I'm Korea. Guessing, like, fuck, fuck England. Fuck you. We're doing it. I'm guessing, unless the benefits outweigh the. The, the downsides I think is the only reason that they would uh, go one route or the other like that. Yeah. Like it'd have to be financially incentivized for them. I don't think they would do it on a, at least a publicly comp- traded company. I don't think would do anything just for the principle of it. Like, <laughs> Well, what I mean is, is, is there's going to hit a point where the deal is worth it. Yeah. Like yeah, the company yeah. is so big and the deal is so big that it's like, uh, it still makes sense to do it. Even if we lose UK. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that point is, (laughs) but I would imagine if the UK is the only one that said no, I'd be really curious to see what happens next. Yeah. Like, and why are they so important and so powerful? Well, this is a, I think I was talking to Anthony a little bit about this. Like when Brexit, when they did the, when they left the EU, Mm -hmm. like this was a chance for them to try to be relevant again. So it almost feels like they're trying to make a stand and say like, we matter. Right, right. We're as important as we were 150 years ago, damn it. Right, right. (laughs) Okay. Ah, the fading empire of Britannia. Hey, the sun still doesn't set on it. No. Okay. (laughs) Why? Because Canada won't give up the queen? Um, There was an XKCD comic on it that uh, was a little... I think it was generous with what it considered territories, but yeah, basically Falkland like Islands, Canada, Australia, the Falkland Islands, and like little island territories here and there. I mean, it probably doesn't set on U.S. either. <laughs> and if you count like embassies as being, you know, um, you sovereign, sovereign land, soil, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, empire. Yep. Yeah. Right, what do you got? Uh, it's <laughs> two retailers are now accepting Bed Bath and Beyond coupons as they prepare to close and be delisted. Oh, Bed Bath & Beyond. The saga's finally ended. Yeah. Uh, Big Lots in the Container Store will take uh, their coupons. Uh, it's through May. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you keep getting those Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. Uh, but it looks <laughs> it looks like I, I should have bought uh, those swing puts uh, back in yeah. February <laughs> when it spiked to seven. And I was like, There's, this company's going away. Right. Like, I don't think Ryan Cohen, like, was doing shady shit. I think he was like, look. No, he you, tried. You guys got to do this or you'll die. And they're like, fuck you, Ryan. And now, look, yeah. now <laughs> closing all 360 of its stores and all 120 Bye Bye Baby locations. Mm-hmm. And now Ryan Cohen is invested in Nordstrom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I thought that was, I wanted to bring up that uh, now's your last chance to dump your BBBY. I think it's still shading. It's uh, 10 cents a share. I know. I saw that. It spikes about like 20, 30% like every morning and then it just dumps again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, I'm up 40% today. Oh, wait a minute. I'm still down $19. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm looking for the actual delisting day. Yeah, May third is their uh, their last day of business. Oh, okay, and okay. that's when that's... they get delisted. Mark that on the calendar. Yeah. Oh, can we short that? Um, I don't know. No idea. Seems like a no brainer. Oh, but then it turns into a penny stock. Yeah, I mean it's over the counter. It's just going to be delisted. Yeah, penny stock. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what, what's your next story? Oh, uh, Harley Davidson made the news. Oh, really? Yeah, their uh, their earnings, and they said that the repo shortage is fueling credit losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Thursday um, they said that uh, its credit losses in the first quarter were due in part to a shortage of repossession agents, and apparently the repossession industry is seeing an uptick in demand as more Americans are struggling to afford their car payments, and the companies that specialize in seizing all these vehicles are having trouble hiring agents. Because a bunch of them left during the pandemic to find other jobs when, because of the stimulus, nobody was defaulting anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? So the repo shortage combined with the decline in retail bike values, uh, that contributed to realized credit losses of about $52.6 million in the first quarter for the company's financial arm. Whoa. The other interesting thing that I saw buried at the bottom of this is that there is a summit for repossessors in Orlando that takes place that took place earlier in the month. A summit. Yeah, the North I've, American I've Repossessors Summit. I called you summit. to this summit <laughs> so that we may make peace amongst repo men. <laughs> Far too long have we tried to repossess each other's contracts. My question is: Did they? How many notices do they send out to the people that to show up? <laughs> <laughs> if they miss it, do they get overdue? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're three days overdue to the summit. This is kind of interesting, though. Some of the data on here. So, in March, the percentage of subprime auto borrowers who were at least sixty days late on their bills was five point three percent which is up from a seven-year low of 2.58 in March of 21, higher than 2009, the peak of the financial crisis. Wow. So remember all that consumer confidence? They must not have been... They must have been confident because there's not enough repossessors around. Yeah, right. I was going to say, stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know. I quit paying my bills and they kept, me, nobody, kept all my shit. Nobody came and grabbed my shit, so <laughs> no, all it's right. all good. Yeah. That's fucking funny. Yeah, why That's not? crazy. Yeah, so uh, things not looking good for Harley when they can't repossess their their vehicles. Yeah, I, I I've never I've never put that to those those things together, but the, that is a very real thing, right? Like if if there was a union of repo men and they went on strike, like the whole credit industry be fucked, right? Right? Like oh no, nobody's doing collections anymore. <laughs> not to turn to AI next. AI collections. Oh my god, that's gonna be awful. Well, that's why was it Ford that was doing the the trying to to make it to where the cars would repossess themselves if you were late on your payments? Yeah, you just drive back to this factory. <laughs> it really is happening. AI is taking your jobs. Yeah, look out, repo man, you're next. Yeah. All right. What <laughs> what else you got for stock news? Uh, a feel good story for the ages. Oh. Um, an ex Apple employee has gotten prison time and he owes $19 million for his elaborate fraud scheme. What? At Apple? Was it an Apple fraud or was it his own fraud? He was defrauding Apple. Oh, oh good for him. <laughs> no, wait, wait. No. 
<laughs> uh, so, hey, don't say that around Siri, man. I know, right? <laughs> don't worry, I'm on Windows. Oh, there. <laughs> you're, like, you're, you're good. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I tried to I tried to get through this article, and I can't quite figure out the whole scheme. Maybe maybe they intended it that way because they're like, we don't want to let everybody know. Uh, he was an Apple employee, right? Uh, uh-huh. 2008 through 2018, and he he was a parts buyer for Apple supply chain. Oh, I see what he did. Okay, yeah. So yeah. so he would use his role, and he knew all of the 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 rules and the things they look for. Yeah, he would use his role to buy uh, items and services that Apple wouldn't even get, mm-hmm. and uh, he'd inflate invoices, he'd steal parts, he'd take kickbacks. But my favorite scheme, he had two co-conspirators who operated vendor companies, mm-hmm. and he would get stuff to them, and then they would take it apart into the parts, and he would buy those parts back. Huh. That's brilliant. Right? I thought so. Yeah. I was like, Man, that's pretty slick. Uh, Damn. <laughs> Man, someone should hire this guy to... <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so apparently he got busted and he's got to pay back, uh, you know, a lot of money. Uh, the, the, he, he stole 19 million. The court is saying he owes, uh, uh, from a shell company to avoid paying taxes. Uh, he also owes 1.8 million in restitution to the IRS. Oh yeah. So it's about 19 million total. Yeah. Wow. So not only do you have to pay the money that you stole, but then you also have to pay taxes on the money you stole. That seems kind of fucked up. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> so weird. Wow. I think we have the mafia to thank for that. Because isn't that how they caught like Al Capone and everybody was with <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They tax- disproved he was spending more money than he reported income for. Right. Right. So now you have to re- record uh, even ill-gotten gains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Blackmailer. You didn't even pay taxes on that hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, is is anybody dumb enough to write that on? Sold cocaine, <laughs> two point four million in income. <laughs> Kidnapped child held for ransom. Ransom paid. Yes. <laughs> what what line item is that on your under W two? Can you get a W two for when TurboTax you... <laughs> didn't have a part for this? What do I? I'm not sure where to go. Yeah. So, like part of the blackmail request is to to get a W two with your payment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, yeah. all right. All right. Well, okay. that was a good feel good story. Yeah, for the ages. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah. I might enjoy that one. I did. Should we do some crypto next? Oh yeah, let's do it. I got some crypto in my wallet. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet Some Doge, Sushi, Polkadot, NFT Decentralized, anonymized, fabulous cryptocurrency All right, the story that I got to bring up here is... uh a good one and i love the way it kicks off here like this is the first 
two sentences uh, in the article. Mm-hmm. Investors in the cryptocurrency space often fall into multiple camps. Those who hold the largest coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum, and those who invest in altcoins, also known as shitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a shitcoin investor. You know, yeah. what I do. So this this story is about a trader who turned one Ethereum into about $140,000 investing in Pepe, a cryptocurrency that uh, is based on that crazy frog meme. Ah, uh, yes. Pepe, the, yeah. the crazy frog. Oh, man. It, it, I was reading through. He, like, he kind of goes in through and talks about his whole story about like you know getting into trading and uh, like throwing the money into this one, talking about like, uh, let's see, what do you say about shitcoins? He said that with shitcoins, you typically want to be one of the first hundred holders. Otherwise, you might be used as exit liquidity for others. You also need some form of risk control. Hmm. It's like, wow, that actually sounds like a, a somebody who might actually know what they're doing. And then you follow that up with just like anybody in this space. I think you have to have some degree of degenerate gambling problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really, uh, I was really happy to see that he did take profit on the way up. Um, he sold seven to eight worth eight seven to eight ether worth of Pepe on Sunday, which helped cover taxes on the investment and also to be able to use for help with the new home purchase and renovation. So that was on Sunday. Then on Monday, his investment plus the eight he'd already taken out was worth about seventy ether. And he sold a large amount on Monday before buying back in with another seven and a half, and by Tuesday that was worth about thirty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the peak, his original one Ether invested is worth about $1.2 million. But with the coin being a liquid, it's impossible to sell the full amount without the coin going down significantly. Oh, yeah, because he's like the whale. Yeah, he realized after selling some of it, he realized he was the 14th largest holder at one point. <laughs> like, oh, hmm. maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe not the best idea to just dump that all on the market. Right. He said uh, investing in Pepe was a risk. He said, but he thought it was one that made sense because there wasn't a meme frog coin yet. That was the risk worth it in my head. <laughs> wow. Well, it's not there. So that's good argument. Do they have one for bears yet? Do they have one for bulls yet? Bull coin. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Actually, I'm sure there are. What about skunks? What about otters? I like otters. I like turtles. Let's invest. Maybe that should be our bet pick. <laughs> turtles it's got otters we'll pick we'll split our bet pick or split our money into two different uh shit coins one of them being my spirit animal and the other being your favorite oh my favorite animal yeah God, i like them all they're all cool uh okay yeah no it's a great idea <laughs> i just gotta i gotta think of a favorite animal now well yeah that's not to figure out how to actually execute that maybe we just do that for the month See, see what I kind of like dolphins they get high on blowfish. Do they really? Yeah, they do. They actually, they'll know they're like, they'll like pass it back and forth. What, like you can like huff a blowfish? Dolphins can. So, what, like it blows up the, and then they suck the water no, out of its the, mouth? The, 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 the poison inside of it. Oh, the fugu. Oh, yeah. They'll like take a bite and then like pass it to the next guy and he like fucking chews it a bit and gets a little bit. Fucking dolphins are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Maybe dolphins is the way to go. <laughs> all right, maybe for next week. Okay, we got we got a good pick for this week, I think. Which, speaking of which, yeah. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> God.
I think Ooh. I assumed it was you that got shot. Ah, well, uh, I didn't pull the trigger. You gonna smoke that skin wagon? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Take a number oh, three. Was that not the saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I think my good this week was my week. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. The way you followed your process this week was amazing, I think. Yeah, I was really on point. In fact, uh, uh, much as Rich Friesen would be the first to let you know, uh, all of my worst trades were off process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you also made note of them in the moment, too, didn't you? Um, Or maybe like right after and like realize like, hey, maybe I should take a break. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm a low set score. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've started to journal more and more and more. Uh, not just on trade, but like mm-hmm. the things, my, my experience as a trader. And that's been very helpful too. Interesting. Uh, I noticed you, we were also talking this morning and I'd like to kind of hear you expound on that a little bit more too. The time that you took away, you were saying it made it a lot easier to identify when you're slipping into old bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I stepped away for several months didn't didn't really hardly look at any charts or do any trading, especially haven't been doing futures for longer than that. Right. Uh, so I got back into it and I had a simple strategy and then I started rewatching or started watching the newest 2023 futures course put together by Vico over at Trade Pro Academy. They're amazing. Really amazing stuff. So it was it, it was easy for me to be like, OK, here's here's the game plan. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm I'm watching and I'm doing the game plan. And then as soon as I'm, yeah, it was, it was like glaringly obvious, like, Hey, Dan, that's not one of your levels. Like, what, why are you trading here? Right. I was like, Oh yeah. It just, it just stood up more. I'm I'm not in my head as much. Like I I should say, staring at the Dom and, and, and thinking with a one note brain. It's more of a professional level. Like, wait, no, I'm here with this system. I know how it works. That's not how it works. That's me being a rookie, novice gambler trader. Stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment, uh, I think it was two nights ago, where I was laying in bed, like trying to go to sleep. And I was thinking, and I just had a mo- I had what felt like a rich freezing moment, like when the, the voice like said to him that you're only a $200,000 trader. Yeah. And I had that, but it was you have to take the risk, I think, is the, the thought that came to mind. And I I came back Thursday and Friday with more of a risk-taking mentality and accepting it. And I feel like that was my good of the week. I still missed yeah. a couple of spots just from hesitation, but I, I felt like I hesitated for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, we were actually talking through the trades Yeah, um, at the time, too. So. Like I was really liking that that shift, uh, and then I had another good that I can throw in there too was adopting Purdue's uh, chip stacking method. Like I didn't realize how much that would help me slip into a different mindset—the mindset of a poker player having risk chips, reward chips, and then moving those into a results pile. When I'm out of chips for risk, then I'm done for the day. And if I'm out of reward chips, that means I hit my profit target. And I can stop. But having those chips in my hand, like it feels like I'm sitting at a table, kind of. I can enter that mindset of like I'm waiting for the right cards to push my chips into the pot. Okay, so so how many? What what? Explain this to me. You've got dollar chips, five dollar chips. What what are you doing? I have chips that represent one R. So one R is one risk unit for me. That is a hundred dollars right now. Okay. And then a reward chip that represents the same amount. And so when I take a trade, if the trade loses 
then I've risked one R and I've lost. So the one red chip goes into the results pile, comes out of my risk stack. Okay. Now, if I hit a winning trade after that, I should win at minimum two R, but I'll have to, you know, estimate that based on if I cut it earlier or something else happens. Mm-hmm. But if I have red chips in the results pile, I pull those back out. It's just like a mental like counter to keep track of like where your PNL is on the day. But you're thinking about it in R instead of dollar amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good because when you scale, you don't want to be thinking about how much exactly dollars you're risking. You're just, it's just, this is a, this risk I'm doing however much I risk. I'm risking. Yep. Here's yep. my risk. That's, that's good. Okay. Okay. I like yeah. that. I do I like too. That. I really like the mentality I was able to slip into with it. And I'm glad that Purdue shared that. Yeah. Do you have a bad or an ugly? Um, I think my bad was, uh, on, on Tuesday, I just kind of melted down. Did you? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I had some great trades in the morning. Yeah. Like my third trade, especially was, was amazing. I hit my take profits and then I had, uh, uh, my runner sitting, waiting for the expansion move and I got spooked and cut it and, then it kept going uh, another almost 30 points. Mm, oof. Right. That I, I lost on my runner cause I got spooked. And yeah. Then I, then I got emotional and started trading outside of my zones. I, I started shorten bottoms blindly trading bottoms. Uh, I started playing video games while I was trading. Ooh. Uh, I can't, you know, kept trading every single one of the trade I made after that was a loser because I didn't check my set score uh, and I didn't stop. Uh, 11 trades total, lost 26 points. Still, that could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. I still ended the week green, which is amazing That's to me. Awesome. <laughs> so you just cut out the days like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I put need to improve my executive function and focus. And uh, remember to take my Adderall in the morning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and, and I think this is the, with a segment I, uh, I, I'm going to start. I don't know if you want to. Um, I made uh, 21 trades this week. Mm-hmm. And six are what I would qualify as profitable. Profitable is I hit my take profit target. Not mm-hmm. I've, I scratched plenty for a point or two. Right, right. But that's not what I would call profitable trade. Profitable is when I hit that target. So yeah. I'm six out of 21. I was 26% profitable and I ended the week with 12 and a half points in the green. Because you cut a lot of those that could have lost. I cut a lot that could have lost and I had some runners that ran for a good amount. Nice. Yeah. So I figured like if I'm green with 26% profitable, like I, I, I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was only right twenty six percent of the time, and I'm and I'm making money. Right. Oh, sweet. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. What was my bad? I got a few to choose from. Um, uh, probably just trading scared. Um, today, this morning, I only got yeah. two trades in, and each of them was only one contract each. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first trade. I only took one because I knew I was jumping in early, which was not necessarily the greatest thing. It was kind of a blind retest of a level that I had that took too long to come back and hit. Yeah. Uh, 
my thought was I'll just go ahead and blind enter now in case it works with one contract and I'll add to it if it ends up going my direction. Mm. Uh, it stopped me out on a low tick. But then as we were watching it, like that solid reactive buying came in right afterwards. Mm hmm. Uh, that was enough for me to justify trying it again because it managed to hold that to, you know, to the tick, just one tick below that low and immediately bought back up. So I bought that one. And then as it started going my way, I was too scared to add to it. And that was what I had done that worked so well the day before that actually felt really good was adding to a winner. Mm -hmm. I put the trade on. I take very little heat. It starts moving my way. Add another one. Starts moving my way again. Add another one. Yeah. Yeah, that's and it's huge on the, the trend days. Yeah, I mean, that that second rebuy, I mean, I got I had a quarter point of heat on it and managed to take it off for 10 points. And I could have gotten a lot more than that, but I had yeah. to, to stop for the day. Nice. I've also liked uh, uh, doing recaps with you. Yes. At the end of the trading sessions. Yeah, that would probably be my ugly is the fact that we hadn't thought to do that before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so, so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Do it. Trying to do them on Sunday is one thing, but doing it right after when you've experienced the motions and it's fresh in your mind makes a lot more sense. Right. It's like going back to the locker room and be like, hey, what happened out there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why did, what did you do? What happened, buddy? You want to talk about it? <laughs> you can't talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> why, why did you, why'd you cut your runner there? Huh? Yeah. Right. What did you How, see? What, what did you see? because because i didn't see anything well it's also nice having other people that you can bounce the ideas off of like hey this is what scared me and then you got someone that could be like yeah i see that too that i think you were justified in that or no you could have looked at this 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 and this you were keying in on one thing and you missed out on that aspect that should have kept you in the trade like, yeah it's just good sharing all together uh and i i actually i'd like to change my good Okay. Uh, not just from having a good week. Um, looking through my my journal um, on uh, Thursday, I had finished for the day, mm -hmm. up a few points, seven and a half points, and uh, I was still on the call with you and Robert. Yeah. And I really wanted to short forty one twenty six. Ooh, I remember uh, that. Buyers pushed up in there, and sellers kind of stalled them out, and I wanted to click and add some sim shorts. Uh, and I, you know, I said something, I was, I was like, why do I want to click on this so bad? Like why I'm watching this level, I'm going to get the same information. Right. And I realized like, no, I want to click it cause I want to be right. Yeah. Right. Yep. I want to feel like I called it. And then talking with you and Robert more and more about it, I realized like, I shouldn't even be shorting it here. If I'm actually looking about this based on what I know from technical analysis and the courses and learn everything, I should actually be on trend getting in at the bottom of these rotations here at 4124 yep. or look for a pullback into 4116. Yeah. Well, I went back and looked at it later. Price rotated for about 45 to 50 minutes before it did a continuation higher to 4137 yep. uh, and eventually 4155. So like my initial like greedy, like I want to keep trading trade was way off. I want to be right. But when I took that step back with your and Robert, yours and Robert's help, reapplied my knowledge to it and realized like, oh, no, there is a trade opportunity here. And it would be this. But I but I said I was done. So I stopped trading and I didn't. trade. Yeah. It. 
Um, That's you know, I think that was awesome too. The fact you're able to to look and like really analyze like why do I want to be in this so badly? Yeah, and it was for a bad reason. And then to be able to take that and go the step further and be able to recognize that, hey, wait a minute, I'm looking at the wrong side of this. Like, that's hard. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Um, that's definitely the best thing I did all week. I would agree with that. And and you and, and Robert were a big help in that, for sure. Yeah, thanks, Robert. All right, should we should we wrap this up with a bet pick and, and move on? Yeah, let's let's make a bet pick. Let's do it. Now that I've closed my loud honey gram snacks bear bag <laughs> next to my microphone, crinkle, crinkle. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop. That's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right Alright, you mentioned D-Dog as a potential I mentioned Micron, MU But I also just pulled up Ford And that one's kind of looking like a bit of a descending triangle too But Ford has earnings tomorrow I still like Micron, I think Although Datadog does look good. What are you thinking? Long Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, seriously? No. No, not well, at all. <laughs> we can. <laughs> oh, it's a 10 cents a share. If it were if it were higher, I'd I'd say short Big Bath, yeah. Bath & Beyond. But... It was at 40, I think I would. In fact, maybe we keep $100. Maybe we keep $100 worth of equity that, in case it okay. does spike up to 40. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 no. I actually really like the idea of l- splitting this, being like, yeah. let's just let's just take ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty five, twenty five dollars, shorted at ten cents a share. Okay, and just see what happens. If it gets to five, you double your money. Wait, if you, sh- but if it goes to fifteen cents. We're only losing five bucks, 57 and a half bucks. We got to have a stop on that if you're going to do that. No, no stops, Kyle. (laughs) All right. All right. Fuck it. Why not? (laughs) $25 short and bed, bath and beyond. No stops. I mean, if you want to do it, we'll just go all the way. If (laughs) bed, bath and beyond just negotiated a $15 a share buyout. <laughs> with Nordstrom. <laughs> oh god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. I I like I like this MU, but I don't know which way it's gonna go. It's right at a decision point. Like Okay, it, well, structure the trade then. I would want to do break and retest of sixty-four half, I think, right? Yes. Right where it's at right now. I want to see it close above where it's at now and then retest that spot. And if we were swing traders, we could do that, but we got a week. I know. Man. That's what makes it tough. So we just say if it opens above 64 half, we're long. Uh, yeah, we got to trade this like a breakout. I say we do that, but we're not going to we're not going to fade it here though. We will no? look at the I think we look at a retest of the 50-day moving average as a as a get long spot. 
like along that trend line. Like we should have gotten long at 59. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I agree. It's at 64.36. Yeah, but I don't see, I don't want to buy it here and then have to go and add at 59 on Thursday mm. just to hopefully get back, you know, close to the, okay. the top of that box again. However you want to structure it, my friend. All right. Yeah, I say if we close above 64.5, we're long. If we don't, then maybe we, yeah, maybe we do take it short and just write it down to go long at 60. Yeah. All right. Maybe we make that 60, eh, 65 half. 65 half is good. All right. Let's do that. All right. And what do we got for good old random? Random. We have uh, New York Stock Exchange and eight. What is eight? Eight. Damn it. It was one off of finance. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh. Uh, New York Stock Exchange, Consumer Non-Durables, KO. Random is going long, Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. Is that the biggest name Random's taken? Um, no, no, but it's definitely one of the more well-known names. It's definitely uh, one of the more reputable trades he's made. Uh, yeah, it looks, looks solid. It looks, it looks a little toppy, but it's also looking a bit like a... The same pattern we were just getting excited about MU on. <laughs> no, no, no. Shh. Shh. Quiet it's down. Fine. Quiet down. Shh. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Well, good. Good pick, Random. He's been stepping up his game lately. Clearly. Well, if anything, it does look like it's staying in this distribution block. So probably going to see 62 before we see 65. Where would it stop you? Where's. We need it. We need it down back at fifty-five, so he takes a full stop. I mean, good luck. I want to humiliate Random this week after losing two in a row. Well, shit. Don't ask me. I'm a day trader. I know, right? <laughs> Why don't we short Coca-Cola? <laughs> yeah, right. That'll show him. Uh, no, no, no. We're actually supposed to be going long there. His picks, aren't we? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, do we do we make a Bet, show? Best case scenario gets found to 69. 50, yep. 59, 59. Yeah, I think we made a show. I think we hey. did. Hey, look at that. That's a good one. What do you know? Yeah. Well, shuck my corn. I'm so happy. <laughs> we made it to the end of this. <laughs> All right, folks. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks for coming by, but we are closing up shop. We'll be back at you soon with the thrilling bet results. And probably some new consequences, courtesy ChatGPT. Yeah. Soon to be evil Skynet overlord. Uh, <laughs> as always, like, share, rate, subscribe. Tell your friends and enemies. Hit that. Tell your frenemies. Uh, tell your frenemies. Kyle, they, they should hit that share button. Covertly. Hit that five star rating like you're taking food off your wife's plate when she isn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, folks. Happy trades. Bye. <laughs>
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Uh, I assert dominance by staring her right in the eyes when I take her food. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have to sleep on the couch, but it'd be totally worth it for those French fries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are they so much better when they're on somebody else's plate? Right? Like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want those. But now that they're in front of you. The worst is when like they even ask you, like, do you want me to get you fries too? I'm like, nah, no, 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 just just a burger's fine. No. Yeah. Now I see your tasty fries. <laughs> now they're all I want. Yeah. They're all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Why do How you hold them you... from me? <laughs> How dare you withhold your delicious French fries? God damn it. This is oh, why. Damn it. <laughs> 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 anyway, till next time, folks. Happy trades. Bye. <laughs>